0: Class in memory of Jared Olchen, and today we'll turn to page 33. We are in chapter 16 from the book of Psalms. We'll start with Michtam le David.
1: Michtam michtam by David.
0: What's a Michtam? A Michtam, one of the meaning for the word Michtam, is like a Ketem from the word Ketem. Page 33. What was the... It was the crown of David. What is the crown of David? It was... In the line that he says next became almost like a slogan. It became the slogan of David. That's why David. You can identify David. With, that was his statement. He's saying, "What was he saying?"
1: "Guard me, O God, for I have taken refuge in you."
0: That became David's slogan. "Guard me, Shomrei Kale. protect me, God, Kichosisi Boch, because I've, I've taken refuge. I, I, I'm, I I'm. You're my protector." I use you as my protection, because I've taken refuge in you. There is even, people have um, jewelry pieces, with this line, Shomrei Ibu, Shomrei nikel ki I've got, guard, guard me God, for I've taken refuge in you. It's a very powerful line. And that became, that's what I think Rashi brings it, that became, because it's throughout sounds, it's basically the same theme. Protect me, God, because I trust you. Go ahead.
1: You said to God, you are my master. My good is not incumbent upon you. As for the holy that are upon the earth and the mighty, all of my delight is in them. Their suffering will increase those who run to serve another. I will not pour their offering of blood. Those who run to serve
0: another means serve idols. Go ahead.
1: I will not pour their offering of blood, and I will not take their names upon my lips. God is the portion of my inheritance.
0: Now here comes a very important line. God is the portion of my inheritance, and then...
1: And of my cup, you support my lot.
0: My a portion and my lot. Hashem menas chelki. God is my portion and my lot.
1: What does that mean exactly?
0: What's my lot?
1: My fortune My fortune,
0: my fortune mm-hmm. yeah. We say How fortunate we are. And our big our fortune is our lot, now our, uh, our portion our lot, that's the expression. We say it in the prayer every morning. Before 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 Odu. Uh, <laughs> my portion in my life, my portion means God is like my helper. My lot means my all my whole future is in the end of God. It means some people feel that they f- they have it in front of their eyes, how the whole life is in the end of God. Others is not so easy, but they can if they look they look into it, they will see how God helps them to make it work. The best way to describe it is the difference between the coins and the Levites. The coins, they get their lot from God. How they survive in the time of the temple, they got the a portion from the, from, the, from the sacrifices they got, a portion from the food, from the produce they got, right? Muscle, tight, truma, all of these things. If it was chale, a piece of the chale you gave to the Koran, a piece of everything got the Koran. If it was a first-born animal, you got the Koran. Everything went to the Koran. The coin basically survived on the, on the portions that the Torah assigned and that God assigned them. His all Lord was dependent on God. The Levites on the other end, They were also people of God. They were teachers. They were also serving in the temple. But they got much less from the... from the matnot, Kiruna, from the presence that the Torah gave to the Kohen. They got a very small... The Levites got a very small portion. They got, but not not compared to what the Kohens get. You understand? Then they had to work, so to speak, for a living. But, uh, But they also got a support from God. What does this mean in our life? Some people see the end of God in everything that they do. Just so miraculously. Others have to actually go to work. But even when you go to work, you can see the end of God. You met this guy, and actually this happened, and this came. No, you see you see how things work out. Then I would say, the people learn to. They, 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 they're all dependent, so to speak, on God. The people who are making a living, they can see the end of God, even though they have to go out to make a vessel, they can see the end of God. That's what the two differences between a portion and a lot. Some people have this way, some people some people get it this way. Which is better? Which is better? They
2: say portion.
0: Um, basically, a, a, a better depends on which spiritual level you are. But a portion you, means you go out to walk and you see the end of God. It's also a matter of an awareness to see that everything that you, comes to you is the end of coming God.
3: In essence, that is sort of the, because it's, it's creating a dwelling place for Hashem. So in essence, if you do it at the highest level of seeing it that way, then it's, Yeah, it's
0: a matter of an awareness. In the beginning, you think, oh, I did this, and I did this. Then little by little, you see, oh, that fell into your hand. The Baal Shem Tov said that today, making a living is like manna from heaven. And it's true. It used to be a time that people walked out there and made more money. People, you know what I mean? Now it has nothing to do with how many hours you walk. Can walk for five minutes and make a lot of money, can walk a lifetime and not make anything. I mean it's it's you see the end of God in this. You see that sometimes you can, especially in, in the world of business, and one good business deal can 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 save you three months of work. One house to sell, one good house, will do it. Go ahead.
1: The portion that felt to me are the pleasant places. Indeed, an inheritance of beauty is mine. I will bless God, who has given me counsel. Indeed, at night, my conscience admonishes me. I have set God before me always.
2: Oh, that's
0: a big one. Hashem <laughs> lenegdi That's an ibu. In every synagogue, beside Chabad synagogues, where the chazan stands in front of the chazan, it's written this line: I have, I, I, have my God. I have set God before me always. I have God in front of my eyes always. Means to say that I should a, when you pray, you should think about God. Why in Chabad synagogues you don't put it up? Because we need to have God always, not only in the synagogue when you done That's actually the point why we don't put it up. Then what does this mean? The code of Jewish law starts the, code, the whole book of code of Jewish law starts. Hashem, and that's how it starts. That's why in the code of Jewish law starts when you wake up in the morning, you have to think about God is in front of your eyes. If God in front of your eyes, you don't turn around to the other side. You jump out of bed, get excited and go to daven, And right away continues with, and therefore you should never be impressed, be affected, influenced by people who may who mock you or make fun of you. Oh you became religious, oh you daven. oh you do this. Don't be afraid of them. How what gives you the strength not to be afraid of them? And you have God in front of your eyes always. And that is before me. Oh
2: care what they said, I once had someone tell me, says, you know, isn't people that get in trouble, you know, and stuff, they have problems in their lives, they're the ones that turn to religion. And I said to them, I said, Well, why wait? <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> Pretty much, Corey. Corey, that was yeah. a profound answer. I said it to a very close person. <laughs>
0: Then, the point is, that's what I did. Shevissi Hashem, I have set God before me always, for He is at, at my right. I will not waver. What does this mean? What is it? God, I feel like God, I have an awareness of God that is in my right. But King David also meant with that a king you to have, he needs to have a, a Torah in front of with him. Wherever he goes, he sit down, he keeps the Torah next to him, to his right. Then how can I keep my, uh, how can God be in front of my eyes forever when I have a Torah next to me? That's what King David was referring to. But well, that's a very famous line. Go ahead. Number nine, therefore.
1: Therefore my heart rejoiced and my soul exalted. Also my flesh will dwell in safety. For you will not abandon my soul to the grave. You will not allow your pious one to see the abyss. You will make known to me the path of life.
0: You will make known to me the path of life king david wanted to know what's the pet for long life then really the answer was what hashem told them is the learning of the torah that will give him long life long life doesn't only mean king david lived only 70 years long life means that every day is meaningful not just not just that he lives many years on the passport in Judaism, long life is not measured by the passport. It's measured by what you did with every day. Therefore, we say, I think we mentioned that, Arichut Yamim, maybe not here, um, in Ibu, in in give, we give a, a wish of long life. What do you tell them? Live to
4: 120.
0: That's in Yiddish. Yeah, What in Ibu too. But there is also Orech Yamim. Orech Yamim, if you translate, it means long days. A strange blessing. What means long days? Not long life. Long days. What does
2: this mean long days? Every day should be long. Is that the um I'm the honor your mother
0: and father? Is that what it really says for the reward? there it's written You should you should your days should be many. Again your days. Not your years, not your days should be many. But the other expression is for example, we say they say it in the book of Psalms, so we'll find that. They say the word for a long life. I think we say it in uh, chapter 23. For, for, for many days. But that's not the literal word. The Orech means long days. Long days means that every day is long, every day is meaningful. That once once a chosid got from one of the Chabad rabbis a blessing, I think from the Alter Rebbe, a blessing you should live long told him, Rebbe, but not ears of a peasant. It meant to me not empty ears. I want ears of meaningful ears. And that's what it means, long life. It's written about King uh, about Abraham, Avram Zaken. Last year, last week we learned it in the Torah. Avram Zaken babayamim. And Abraham was old, advanced in his ears. Really, it's repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Abraham was old. Obviously, he was advanced in his ears. Oh, you say, Abraham was advanced in his ears. Or oh, you say, he's old. What is this? Repetition twice the same thing. Ba bayamim in Igbo means that's a nice translation advanced in his ears. That's a little, but ba means come. Comes with his, with his, with his days. Ba yamin came with his yamin, with his days. What does this mean? <coughs> he, bought with his, he bought his days in his packet. What does this mean? Every day was accounted. So this day was, you know, I mean, there are certain days we can say in life. That was worthwhile, We spent worthwhile. I, I, I will never regret how I spent it this day. I never regret I made this trip. I never regret... It. How many days we have of this? Ten? <laughs> 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 you understand what I'm saying? Abraham, every minute was accounted. He came with his days, he came to God, he came to with his life. Yeah, had all, all packaged.
2: It's
0: thousands of days, isn't it? Thousands of days, yeah. You start, you, you start with you one day at a time. You don't start with thousands of days. Every day you. Then, now, Zaken means also old, but do we say rabbi, what he learned Torah. Baba Yamin means more than he did with his day, did mitzvahs. In any case, that's what King David is finishing. You just finished this line, and didn't okay. let you finish it. Okay. You will make, uh, him. You'll make
1: known to me the path of life, the fullness of joys in your presence. Pleasantness in your right hand eternally. A couple, couple questions,
0: but Yeah, right.
1: please. The, the term for best Sha'ol uh, is Sha'ol, a co- complicated concept. I was wondering if you could give us your Sha'ol
0: means, uh, it's, it could mean it's metaphorically and physically. Physically means a very deep place. But Sha'ol means like going to, uh, going to hell, for example. It's Sha'ol. Right.
1: how, how does shall become hell because in, in hell you have a, a punishment uh, on an eternal basis I don't how are you,
0: translated here? Here are you translated here
1: less as, as grave yeah grave it, it can be grave in one context
0: I mean going down in a yeah. place you don't want to go let's put yeah. it this way
4: <laughs> yeah. no
0: matter how you translated Chill. what means a, what means a, a hell hell means a lower level far, farther away from God mm-hmm. right that's mm-hmm. a place you... It's down. Sure. Isn't it God a is up
1: of punishment, though?
0: Of yeah, something. obviously, yeah, okay. being far away from God is the biggest punishment. You don't need another punishment. Mm-hmm. If the rabbi you come to the rabbi and he tells you, you, I don't want to see you. don't need a punishment. That's the biggest punishment you can get. Can I get any worse than that? There is actually a story about a Hasidic Jew, a Hasidic Rebbe, came to town, and he... for a Shabbos. used to come every year from, for a Shabbos in town and he used to have one of his which is Hasidim used to stay in his house and everybody used to come a whole Shabbos to be with the Rabbi, the davening and the praying and the singing and the shtish and everything it was amazing one year he arrives to town and the Hasid prepared his house and he tells his rabbi we are not going to this house this year we are not going to we are going to do somebody else so why that's it and then he says and tell him that I don't want to see him, only if he brings hundred thousand rubles. This campaign looks so funny. The heavy should ask him. It wasn't the Lubavitcher it's a story from Poland. She said she say, the heavy should ask for money, hundred thousand rubles. something. What he says? Tell him that if he brings hundred thousand rubles, I'm ready to see him. If not, I don't want to see him. The guy was he made all his calculations. He sent a message to the Rebbe. He can give him now 20,000 rubles. And he will borrow 100,000 rubles. If not, I don't want to see him. He doesn't want a Shabbos. Five minutes before Shabbos. He's going to find out. He stayed home. You can imagine all the Hasidim are celebrating with the Rebbe. And he was punished. Banned. He cannot come to see him. He doesn't want to see him. He finished. You can imagine he had this Shabbos or a Mm-hmm. Everybody's here dancing and singing and he, and he doesn't even know why, it, what, what happened, <laughs> what he did he do wrong? Pray to God, God help me, God help me. But he didn't, the rabbi came in and left town and he never saw him. He never saw him! No. A while later, it was one of the, one of the enemies of this, you know, that was one of this little shtetlach that every week was conquered by another, by, by another army. One day it was Poland, next day it was Russia. There. Then one of the enemies walked in, and it used to be the style that the soldiers used to go to the houses, sleep over, and then leave. Early in the morning they came, they left. A few days later, he comes over to the place where they live. They left a treasure, or, they, or this uh, army, this uh, unit was sleeping with them a treasure of money, a hundred, he counts the money, a hundred thousand normal. He couldn't believe it. He takes the money. Nobody came to take it back. They were enemies. They were the, the conquerors, conquerors. He runs to his rebbe. Rabbi, I have the money, and he gives them on the table. The rebbe looks at the money and says, thank you very much. Now it's yours. He looked at the and said, what's going on here? You didn't let me to see you. She'll bring you 100,000 well. Now you give me, a, I bring you finally the money. I'm merely clapping. Now you, you don't want the money? You give it to me back? What do you want from my life? He told them like this. He said, I felt that you have in heaven there is waiting for your richness. You were supposed to be rich because you're such a righteous man. God wanted to award it you with becoming rich. But you needed to ask for The Satan came and said, the guy never asked for us. And he was a noble Jew. He never asked for anything. He said, he got up in darkness to say, God, thank you for everything you gave me. Everything is good. Bo Hashem, I don't need. I needed to make you ask for it. I know nothing will make you ask for hundred thousand for money. Whatever I'm going to tell you, whatever is going to convince him is that I ask for money it says, it tells me tells I will ask for my shame. who am I to ask? Why I deserve it? So I needed to get you, force you into it. To force you to ask for my shame. What will make you beg you beg, beg what will make you beg Hashem for money? And I will tell you, you cannot see me. That will beg you a shame for money. He says, now that I forced you into it and Hashem sent you the money, now start with this money, start a business and Hashem will give you even more blessing. Then what I mean to say is, the biggest punishment that caused them was, he couldn't see the Rebbe. I mean to say, the same thing with God. God, there is other places in in, in King David is asking, maybe we'll see it in, do not hide your face from me. King David asking, Hashem, do not cover your face for me, because <coughs> that's the biggest punishment. <coughs> there was a Hasidic Jew that once, he was very connected to Hashem, and then at one point he didn't feel any connection, any spirituality. He used to sit and start up and says, where is the, other, the old school? Where am I? He lost himself. It's almost like a person, God forbid, who has amnesia, and he forgets everything can be a spiritual amnesia, uh, and, uh, and, uh, a spiritual amnesia. if you had you a higher level of spirituality and you lost it. Then that's what we are, we want to be connected to God. That's the biggest reward, and being disconnected from God is the biggest punishment. And the rest doesn't make a difference what's going on in hell. It's all a bunch of, whatever people describe, that's nonsense. At least farther away from God, that's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Another question for you on the end. It could be at the right hand of God, is that a metaphorical term?
0: Obviously it's a metaphorical yeah, Right hand is chesed. <laughs> left hand is gvura. Then every time you want, you want you want the right hand of God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You want to be on the right side of God.
1: In, in Psalm 110, where it uses the, the same term, right hand, again, is that metaphorical Same thing. It's
0: Obviously there's no literal. God does not have right hand and left hand.
2: Hey, it's, uh, it's, by now you know in, that. I just thought yeah. of the word righteousness is right. Righteousness. In English. I know. I just said, yeah, it's also it, in Hebrew. sadik,
0: it sadik and sadik is the same word, yes.
1: Yeah, Psalm 110 says, sit at my right hand while I make your enemies my your footstool. So, metaphorical Obviously
0: there. metaphorically, sure. But, but means right and means on my side and the good side.
1: There are plenty of people though who've taken that literally that there is a throne in heaven that's on the right hand side of God. That's very sad, <laughs> but uh, it's a
0: childish approach. Uh-huh. There is no throne, there is no, there's no physical thing. That's mm-hmm. all... on description. A it. It's a mm. metaphorical idea. Mm. Absolutely, there is no physical thing in heaven. Mm. Okay. Number. <laughs> Any other question? Good. Go no. No. <laughs> no. But there is for sure, not physical. Not, nothing is physical. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> in, the, in, the Torah, in the Torah, it's read many times. The end of God. Uh, God took us out, it outstretched our Sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, uh, not, none of them are are little mm-hmm. strong hands. Okay. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And the, a kid learns, you tell him, ah, and literally goes up a little bit. You understand that God does not have a physical arm. That's physical how we relate. The words. Um, there is, and, uh, <laughs> my mother just writes about
2: that. Sure. You he's know what I Yeah, yeah.
0: That, uh, abs- Nobody, no, I don't think any commentator, any serious commentator understands well, Even way.
1: Akiba, though, in, in Hagiga, was it 15b or whatever it was? He was talking mm-hmm. about, you know, who, who's on the throne in heaven? Is it Metatron? Uh, you know, all those things? It's it's angels,
0: again, angels. Yeah. It's angels. Yeah. Angels on the throne. It's mm-hmm. spirituality and spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's all a concept, who is closer, who is further, what's higher, what's lower, what's more important, what's less important. That's what it's all about.
1: But, but Akiva originally says the Messiah is on, on the throne, on the, on the right-hand side of God, and the other rabbi corrects him. And then Akiva finally says, oh yeah, you're right, so God has one throne for justice and one throne for mercy.
0: That means, again metaphorically, it yeah. moves from the from the, yeah. from the throne of justice mm-hmm. to the throne of mercy. And part of the problem is that
3: we can only see one thing at a time, because we, we, we're not... Uh, Capable of, um, yeah, before
0: we entering paradise, let's continue. <laughs> before we entering the orchard and get, getting lost. <laughs>
1: Quick question that, that's going to come out of nowhere, but is there anything in this psalm that talks about resurrection of the dead that you see? Could be. Wh-
0: Not for sure, but
1: what wh- what in there even suggests resurrection of the dead? At the end in my soul.
0: Um, there is there is some. There is somewhere. One will, place for sure.
2: You will not abandon my soul to the grave. Yeah.
1: Uh, the implication is your soul will be... Come
0: be back. God, yeah. Oh, not necessarily. Uh-huh.
2: It's okay.
0: Not for me. Oh, but he, I, he, would, he speak, we find he it. He talks
3: about the soul, and then he says, my flesh will dwell in safety.
0: You, it's not a cell You can say for sure the resurrection of the dead. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, it's in the prayer book. It's good enough for me. Yeah. The prayer book was uh, was composed by the people of the Great Assembly. A few important rabbis like a, a, a Ezra <laughs> and a, I mean. Did, did they uh, cite
1: Psalm 16, or did they cite uh, I was the other place Daniel You actually use the word. you <laughs> need to understand
0: the prayer book. And one day we will finish the Psalms around the prayer book. The prayer book is the book is the t- book of theology of the Jewish people. If you want to know what we believe, we look in the prayer book. The prayer book does not need references. The people of the Great Assembly wrote a book of the Jewish theology, what Judaism believes. And they made sure every Jew, every Jew will say it every day. Then, you know, people say, what Maimonides believes? Did he believes in the resurrection of the dead? Maimonides uh, writes in his book, the prayer book, and he brings all the prayers. And he quotes, should live, a uh, resurrection of the dead. Obviously, Maimonides believed. First of all, because he prayed. Secondly, he wrote it in his book. That if he did not believe in, that means he read. He said every three times a day he lied to himself.
1: You understand? Well, book on resurrection. What? He all wrote a book on resurrection. What I mean to say is,
0: <laughs> then, then the book of theology, the the prayer book, does not need references. The people who wrote it, Chagas, um, Shalia, and Malachi, and Mordechai from from. They, they were all the, wow. a part of the people of the great assembly, Shimon Tzadik and others. They were a whole bunch of the greatest prophets and greatest rabbis who, the, who the Amidah. They put together the Amidah. That's that is as, as strong as, as, as the Bible. <laughs> a prayer by David.
3: A prayer by David. No,
0: chapter 17.
3: Hear the righteous, O Hashem. Listen to my song. Hearken to my prayer of undeceiving uh, lips. From before you, let my judgment emerge. Let your eyes see what is upright. You examine my heart, search it at night. You test me without finding a thought of mine that should not pass my mouth. The deeds of man, by the words of your lips, I have kept away from the path of the errant. Make my steps firm upon your paths, that my feet should not falter. I have called out to you because you answered me, O Hashem. Bend your ear to me, hear my speech. Distinguish your kindness, who saves those who take refuge in you from those who stand against you with your right hand. Guard me as the apple of your no, eye. No,
0: number 8 is an important line. Guard me as the apple of the eye. ki ishoin baso'in. We also we say, we say this line, we should people, that the Jewish people are the pupil of God's eye. We say it in the Azinu. And right by then, before the end of the Torah, says that God protects the Jewish people. What's if people if somebody touches the people of your eye, it's very sensitive, it drives you crazy. Somebody touches the Jewish people, that's like touching the people of God's eye, people of God's eye. That's how they are protected. And even sometimes it looks like this morning it looks like terrible things happened. Ultimately that's the way it is, and God will, will show his right his strength. And then he says, astirini. <laughs> The next part of it is, um, in the shadow of your wings, hide me away. Protect me. Protect me in in the shadow of your wings. Go ahead.
3: In the shadow of your wings, hide me away. From before the wicked who oppressed me, my mortal enemies who surround me, they closed their opulent heart with their mouth, spoke haughty things. At every step now, they have surrounded us. They have set their eyes to cast uh, upon us um, down to the earth. He is like a lion eager to rip apart, like a lion cub lurking in secret places. Arise, O Hashem, confront him, make him kneel. Save my soul from the wicked, your sword. O be from those who die by your hand, O Hashem, those who die of old age. Their portion is life and your treasure you fill their bellies. They are satiated with children, and they leave their surplus to their offspring. I, in righteousness, I will behold your face. When I awaken, I will be satiated by your likeness.
0: Now, the last line, "I, in your righteousness, will behold your face," I'm with tzedek will will see you. It said, from there, the rabbis learn. Then you have to. When you, you look in the bottom bottom it says that from this verse. The badem, badem. I, in, in my righteousness, I will behold your face. From this words the Talmud derives the principle of giving coin to charity, tzedakah, before prayer. Understand?
3: Mm-hmm. Continue
0: to read it. In the bottom, bottom. Rabbi Elazar... Rabbi used
3: Elazar say, used to give a coin to a poor man and then pray, because he said, it's written, I, in righteousness, tzedakah, I will behold your face. Uh, Why does giving money to charity help you pray? Prayer, in its hachseidus interpretation, is the work of penit ha'alev, the inner matters of the heart. That means not only generating as much excitement for the worship of Hashem as you can uh, humanly muster, but uh, transcending your natural state as an anonymous being and totally dedicating yourself to Hashem. To reach such a level of intensity, freeing yourself... Completely from ego, you need help from above, and that's why it is so important to give uh, charity before prayer. Because the act of giving away your money will set the uh, tone for the work of penim habat which requires utter selflessness. Okay, let's say
0: in simple English, like this: We come in to pray, we're asking for charity, and now we get charity by giving charity. We it's a all measure for measure. There is a story about the tzemach tzedek. The tzemach tzedek was the grandson of the founder of, the, of Chabad, the Alter Rebbe, Reb Shnei Zalman of Liadi. And from time to time, he used to ever after his grandfather passed away, he used, to, he used to reveal himself to him, and give him, like, give him answers, So whenever he had a real hard time, or a hard question, or he wanted a connection. And for a while, it's like he couldn't make a connection with his grandfather, who passed away. And he was walking in the morning to shul, and somebody asked him, came over to him, a guy who is a businessman, says, I need a loan to do, it's a market day, the market day, I need money to do business, and at the end of the day, I'll give you back. I'll make some money, and I'll give you back. He told him, no problem, come to me after the service, I'll give you money. Then he continued to walk. then he thinks to himself, after my service, this guy, will be half a day will be gone already. He turned around, he went home, he bought him a golden coin, and he gave it to him. He came in to shul, to wash the end, to start to pray. His grandfather revealed himself to him. And he told them, because you did the act of this charity, therefore I, I, I reveal myself. Therefore you deserve such a thing. It means to say, when we give, we are partners, then we, we can deserve spiritual charity. First of all, we come to pray, we ask for our needs. That's charity to, to begin with. But even more than that, a spiritual connection, Or sometimes you dive and you have a connection, and other times it's like the words fall out from your mouth, like stones. Then you should, First you should know you're not the only one. Number two, how you, that how you make sure it doesn't happen, that's why we have a custom to give charity before we die. I, with tzedek, with charity, I'll, I'll see your face. I'll, I will behold your face. We are chapter 18.
5: For the leader by David, servant of God, who said to God the word of his son, on the day that God delivered him from the palm of all his enemies and from the hand of Shaul.
0: He speaks, King David here gives a prayer to God, a thanks to God, sings to God for the miracles. He he had from, God saved them from Saul and from all his other enemies. King David had many enemies who were trying to kill him over the years, many, many times. And that's like a general statement of thanks to God. Then what is he saying in number
5: two? And he said, And he said, I love you, O God, my strength.
0: I love you, God. Simple as that. I love you, God! <laughs>
3: what is it, a quality of certain people that brings so many enemies out?
2: <laughs> that time of year. I mean, that was the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no
1: good deed goes unpunished.
2: <laughs> 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 they might have knocked him down. Sorry. It's not a a
0: therapy session. (laughs) But that's a good question. I know what you're asking. It's an interesting thing. King David had a lot of
3: enemies. He had a lot of enemies.
0: Ridiculously a lot.
3: But he was a Saddock and
4: he was. I'm not sure that I can think of another person who so many. was analogous. I mean, even his own son, certainly. The patriarchs. Not uh, so many. Moses. Still not so many. uh, Joshua. I mean, there's no. uh, You cannot find anybody in Jewish history. I don't think there's a parallel. No.
0: And it's like, it and, looks yet, looks and,
4: like yet, and yet the Mashiach will come from him. And so he, was he, he was called the
0: Hashem. He was called the beloved of God. Right,
4: right. David, Even David, the, the doors
3: wouldn't open up for uh, for Solomon without um, a crowd. To, uh, everything was David, yeah,
0: yeah. and one and everything was loved by God. Maybe the question is why? Why so many people hate? What antisemitism is all about? Yeah, the same thing. The same question. Beloved by God. Maybe it's jealousy. By King David it was it was mainly jealousy. By King David you can say that it was 90% jealousy. Or maybe 99 percent Look, his brothers were jealous with him when he was young. He couldn't stand. Him. Then King Saul was jealous of him too. Then it was his own kids were fighting him, were jealous. Wherever he went, it was it was all driven by jealousy. And because King David was humble and he gave in and he
4: Envy.
0: It was envy. No question about it. Huge envy, because there is for. They say for every hater there is a cure, but hater that comes from envy, from jealousy, there is no cure. Because no matter what I do, you'll be jealous. You do this with jealousy. You don't do. If, if somebody is jealous, you cannot help it.
4: So they wanted what he Ah. They wanted what he had, but there, exactly. was, a time, there was a time that they he wanted, wanted, wanted. There was the, a time that he wanted something that someone else had too. You're
0: right, but they want. It's not that they wanted what he had. They couldn't stand that he's successful. That they couldn't stand that he's beloved. That I mean, what was King Saul? King Saul was afraid that King David takes over. But that that was the main. When he came over from killing Goliath. The girls announced uh, uh, Saul kill, killed in the thousands, and David killed in the ten, tens of thousands. I mean, they gave David bigger mm-hmm. credit, right? And everywhere you go, there throughout the story of King David, it was all jealousy, envy. And it's not only, I'll give you, you'll be happy. They couldn't stand that David was such a unique individual. It's really beyond logic. Jealousy is beyond logic. There is no, no explanation. But some people are, yeah, some people are more intent to it than others. I, I know, I can relate to it.
4: <laughs> so this is a foreshadowing of the Jewish people in terms of anti-Semitism. I think so. I think the so. The Jews being the chosen people. We
0: are like David. The the, 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 the Vidicots, yeah, we, like, we are. We are named after King David. and say, uh, David Chayvukayam. Mm-hmm. David, what does mean David Melach Israel David is alive. Man. We are alive. We are David. That's what it means. King, no? king. David, Melach no, no. Israel, the now. King of Israel, Chay alive and existing. What does this mean? It means that we the are the King. King David died three thousand years ago. But he's alive? We are alive. Then the same thing. That's, that's a very good um, explanation. It's like they, King David. Everybody hated them, and he says, "I had more, I have more enemies than the hills in my head," and in his in his head. <laughs> And 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 he, could, he couldn't give a good explanation why everybody hates him.
1: Is that one of the reasons why the Messiah has to come from David? Is He, he kind of proved himself. I mean, he had more challenges than anybody.
0: <laughs> Probably, it's also.
1: One of many reasons.
3: Maybe
0: they hated him because Moshe is coming from him. Was I that known? Was
3: that known at that time?
0: That Moshe will come from David. I, I don't think know. so. I don't know. Now,
6: no. No.
2: For sure, not the regular guy in the street. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be interesting in the resurrection, these people that are coming back. Yeah, hey, hey, it's already I mean, interesting. It's going to be very yeah. interesting. No, no, if you th- it's almost like you can write a story about it. D- D- David against Saul again, and. Are
1: oh, all the rivalries going to be there again? Yeah, yeah. yeah really. The resurrection
0: of the dead, well, everybody's coming. The people you never wanted to see again, I know. they'll <laughs> okay. come back. Yeah, yeah. Be careful. <laughs> what do you wish for? Number three.
5: God is my rock and my fortress and my rescuer. My God, my rock, I take refuge in you. My, my rock,
0: God is my rock. Rock is like something you can hold down to and it never shakes. I have such faith in you that it's, uh, it's 100%, it's 150%. I'll never wave, I'll never, never fall.
5: My shield and the horn of my salvation, my tower... The praise I call out is God, And I am saved from my enemies. The cord of death surrounded me, The floods of Goliath assailed me, The cords of abyss surrounded me, The snares of death confronted me. In my distress I call to God, And to my God I cry out. Out of His sanctuary He hears my voice. And my cry comes before him with his ears. It says a
0: very powerful word about when I'm you know, when I'm in distress. But surely, I will call out for God, and I'll cry out to God. And from His sanctuary he will hear my voice. And he, and and my cry again. It's different in Hebrew. It's not even here It's translated in English every time. Cry, cry. But there is different
5: expression in 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 English, in Hebrew. Okay. And the earth shook and qua and the foundation of mountains trembled. They were shaken because he was angry. Smoke rose in his nostrils and his and fire from his mouth consumed. Coals flared up from him, and he inclined the heavens and descended. And thick darkness was under his feet. He mounted a sheriff and flew. And whooped down upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place of his surroundings, his shelter, darkness of waters, thick cloud of skies. From the darkness before him, his cloud passed through, nest hailstones and fiery coves. God thunders in the heavens, and the Most High gives forth his voice hailstones and fiery coals. He sent forth his arrow and scattered them. Many bolts of lightning and confounded them, and the channels of water appeared. The foundation of the world will be revealed at your rebuke, O God, at the breath of your nostrils. He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He saved me from my mighty enemies and from those who hate me, whom are more powerful than I. Okay, we'll we'll,
0: we'll break it and we'll give it because it's a very long chapter. Want to continue?
4: They confronted me on the day of my misfortune and God was a support for me. He took me out into expansiveness. He freed me because he desired me. God rewarded me according to my righteousness by the purity of my hands. He recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of God and did not in wickedness forsake my God. For all of his judgments were before me and his laws I will not remove from myself. I was wholehearted with him and guarded myself from iniquity. God recompensed me according to my righteousness by the purity of my hands in his eyes. With the pious you act piously. With the whole-hearted man, you act wholeheartedly; with the pure, you act purely; and with the crooked, you act deviously. You save an afflicted people; in haughty eyes, you humble. For you light my lamp. God for you my light,
0: light my lamp. What means "for you light my lamp"? Number twenty-nine. What is our lamp? Our heart, our soul. Our soul, our neshama. That we ask from God to light our lamp. To to light our candle. And then he says, what is the end of this line? Um, you light my lamp, God, my God, illuminate my darkness. And sometimes we are the messengers of God to light his lamp. And that's what, there that is a story about one of the Chabad rabbis was asked by a, by a chosid, he asked him, Rabbi, what's a chosid? By Afrobringan, he asked him, what's a chosid? told them a is a lantern, chick, is a lamp lighter. And he told them in the olden days used to be lamps <clears throat> on the streets and a person used to, go, it was a, a guy at the job in the evening, used to go out and put a torch and light uh, the lamps. He says, that's a chosid. He said, what if the if the lamp is in the middle of the desert? He said, you go to the desert and you light the lamp. And you make the desert being embarrassed by the light, so to speak. The light will put the, the, the desert, the emptiness, to shame. And he said, what if the, if the lamp is in the middle of the sea? Then he said, "Then you take off your clothing, and you jump in the water, and you light a candle. <laughs> then he tells him, Rabbi, is this a chosid? He was thinking for a moment, told him, yeah, this is a chosid. A chosid is, what means a chosid? You're asking from God to light the candle? the way to light my candle is by lighting another candle. The best way to light my own candle is by lighting somebody else's candle. And that's what, that's what our job is. You should light my candle. I should. God says, you, want, I, you light somebody else's candle, in turn I will light your candle. Because the way to get excited about Judaism is by getting other people excited about Judaism. The best way to remember something, to be identify yourself with a message, is by teaching it, by preaching it, by convincing somebody, or suddenly you, become, you, you don't believe. You know, sometimes people start to explain something about Judaism, and then they look at themselves, they don't believe that they are saying it even. I preach for it, I sell for it. Then the best way to light my own candle is by lighting other candles.
2: Can yeah. one question about David and he's beloved by God? And mm-hmm. then, you know, all this is like he has so much troubles. and you know, whole But, but why, look why, look on the other yeah, side. Look why, how much no, 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 no. love he has, how
0: much faith he has. My
2: question is, if he's if he's so beloved by God. Why you know, is he
0: suffering so much?
2: Why do we even have this mm, story?
0: Why? Continue. <laughs> 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 we'll get to it. <laughs> Number <Don't laughs> three, yeah. Um. I mean, three, Yeah. <laughs>
4: For with you I run through a battalion, and with my God I scale a wall. God, His way is perfect; the word of God is tried. He is a shield. Is tried?
0: What does this mean? The word of God is what? Tried. tried. What mean? What does this mean?
4: True. It's
3: uh, it's. Uh, it's true. So a, 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 is, is, is a, is a tried is it Tried it's a, and true. It's a tried. It's always right.
4: At least tried. to say
0: that Torah is always relevant, no matter when, what time, what place. Go ahead.
4: He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is a God besides for God, and who is a rock other than our God? The God who girds me with strength and makes perfect my path? Who makes my feet as the deer's and stands me upon my high places. It It's
0: interesting, them, my feet as the deer's. They say here that the deer, the deer, female deer, have more straight feet than male deer in the commentaries. And, they, and you see what it means is that women are more, the feet are straight. Feet, the feet represents a faith in God. Women have a stronger, clear faith in God than men. They are more, they are less waving. Men are more logical, oh, maybe this, maybe this. He says, that's what that's written in the Torah, and that's what you are going to do, if you like it or not. And there is no chokmas, And that's what he says here, that they, they are the stronger. You want to continue? Number who tra- 35.
6: Who trains my hands for war, and my arms to bend a copper bow. You gave me your shield of salvation, and your right hand
0: supported me. Your
6: humility increased me. You brought in your hand.
0: humility increases me. God's humility increases increases us, so to speak. Because God is humble, we have place to be around. He reduces himself that we will be able to take him. Go ahead.
6: You broadened my stride beneath me, and my ankles did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtook them, and did not return till they were consumed. I smote them, and they were unable to rise. They fell beneath my feet. You have girded me with the valor for battle. You have made those who stood against me kneel under me. You made my enemies turn their necks on me, and those who hate me, I cut off. They cried out, and there was no savior to God, and he did not answer them. I ground them like dust upon the wind, like the mire of the streets, I poured them out. You rescued me from the people's quarrels, you placed me as the head of nations, a nation I have not known, serves me. As soon as they hear word, they listen to me. The sons of the strangers feign feign loyalty to me. The sons of the stranger wither away, and come trembling out of their confinement. God is alive, and blessed is my rock, exalted be the God of my salvation, the God that executes vengeance for me and subdues nations beneath me, and rescues me from my enemies. Indeed, upon those who stand against me, you lift me up. From the violent man, you save me. Therefore, I will praise you among the nations O God, and I will sing to your name. He enlarges the salvation of his king, and does kindness to his anointed, to David and his
0: seed forever. Who is his anointed, David? Mark Dill, Yeshua is Marko, he makes kindness to his, it's a very famous line that we say in many places, and he brings kindness to his anointed, he does kindness to his anointed, to David, and he sits forever. Now, why, why King David suffers? Yes, someone, many years ago, somebody asked me, why the, the baseball players are so rich and the rabbis are so poor? And he almost left Judaism because of this question. He was so upset. If the rabbis would be rich and the basal players would be poor, it wouldn't be free choice. You understand? If the good have it good, if anybody who comes to shul wins the lottery, and the people who don't come to shul don't win the lottery, then it's, then it's very easy to be a Jew. Hmm. Then we don't deserve reward for our, for, our, for our good choices. To get be rewarded for our choices is only if, if it's a hard choice. If it's, if it's clear, here it's the good side and here is the bad side. Sure, everybody wants to go there. We see that with Abraham's brother. Ice was, cream and crazy uh, and you scream. <laughs> what is better? Sure, I'll go to the ice cream. But when King David is the example of like you said, it's that a metaphor of the Jewish people. Anything meaningful is out. Anything that's easy is not meaningful. Simple as that. And you see it in everything in life.
4: So Hashem sends us challenges.
0: Absolutely. And also, He brings out the best of us.
4: And the great people have greater challenges.
0: Because they have such potential, God wants to give them the opportunity to bring out their potential. King David didn't know that he can kill Goliath until he was faced with this challenge. He would never dream he can do this. King David never dreamed to be a king. It wasn't even on his... Reda, our king, he was, a, he was treated like a slave, not like a king. King David didn't know that he is capable to do what he did. And God says, David, you have more in you. There is more in you. There is more in you. If you look, you know, it's like when I tell people, when your wife goes out of town, suddenly you will discover you know how to cook. You know how to do this. You know how to do this. Why? Because the challenge forces you into it. That's, it's, we don't look at life as problems. We look at it as challenges. God wants to bring out the best of us. And it's only coming out when we have to do it. Because people will not overcome, will not, to out, take out the best of you takes, takes a lot of effort. People don't want to do it. You have to be forced into it. It's like the story with the Chosid. God wanted to give him richness. He never wanted to take it. He had to force him into it. Same thing is with King David. King David wouldn't give us the book of Psalms if life, if life would be. Ah, that's nice. How are you? What's going on? sit a foot and a foot on a, on a beach in Florida. It wouldn't come out in the book of Psalms, I can tell you that. And and more than that, King David had to feel, to be a, you know, to be a husband in a congregation on the high holidays, it's written you should look for somebody whos is, who, is, who doesn't have a lot of money, who is, who is struggling, and he has little children. Why? That he can relate for his congregation's problems. If I'm satisfied, the satisfied cannot relate to the hungry. That's a fact for king david to be the king of the jewish people forever and ever get to feel the pain of every jew that's why the book of solomon is such a powerful book because everyone can find himself there every everyone with his own challenges and for this he needed to go this through. it couldn't be like oh that's nice to feel the pain of another person you have to be there you have to feel it you have to be his representative if not, it's, it's it's not there. It's a, you, you cannot really relate to it. There is a story about a rabbi who wanted to, he went to a rich man, he needed to find wood. It was a cold day like tonight. And was a widow in the community who did not have wood to warm her house. The rabbi went to a very uh, well-to-do man, knocks on his door, and he tells them, by the door, he tells them, you know, there is a lady in the community, she needs <coughs> wood for, she doesn't have, he says, yeah, Rabbi, yeah, yeah. And it was, the wind was blowing and he's holding the door open. He says, yeah, yeah, come on in. He tells him, no, no, yeah, I'm coming in. But the woman needs, and he's trying to talk, talk to him, you're coming? And he's having the whole conversation by the door open. And the wind is killing him. Finally, he calls his servant, tells him, go bring a, a whole bunch of wood to this woman. Then the rabbi walks in. This guy was standing, the rabbi was in his coat and everything. This guy was standing in his shirt. He was a piece of ice when he walked into the house. I him, Rabbi, why you did it to me? I told him, if you wouldn't stand outside and feel the cold, you would never send the wood. You can, the, the satisfied do not understand the, the hungry. And the same thing is here. King David would never be able to understand the Jewish people and write the book of Psalms. So it's a book who identifies with every Jew if he didn't go through and it went through. And it's a lot of comforting to every Jew who says, Oh, I'm going through so much. I the world is coming to an end. King David went through worse things than you. And he survived that and he became King David. Therefore, he should never give up. That's why Judaism doesn't believe in giving up. That's exactly what it is.
1: I gather these particular group of psalms are written before Batsheba in that whole episode?
0: It's very hard to know what was written before, but yeah, probably.
2: Chapter 51, I know that. Yeah, yeah. that's the post
0: Probably, probably.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's read chapter 19.
7: For later, the psalm by David, the heavens recount the glory of God and the firmament tells of the work of his hands. Days... Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, and there are no words without their voice being heard. Throughout the earth their line extended, and to the edge of the world their words. He made a tent for the sun within them, and is like a bridegroom leaving his wedding canopy. It rejoices like a warrior to run his course. For the heaven's edge... Is its exit and its circuit unto its ends. None is hidden from its heat.
2: Can I ask you a question about this? Yes. This is the prayer we sent Shabbos. Absolutely. And I do not really understand what we what he just read. Why? I understand the next part where the Torah is perfect. But what you He's, don't understand? This what is, is this whole thing talking about? Look at the note. <laughs>
0: Learn God's might from the heavenly bodies. See how great God is. Look what He created. First of all, Yom le Yom Yabia Omer, Lailo Laila there is an amazing madrash about it. Let's read it in the bottom of the page. That day to day, day to day orders speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. You want to uh, read it, please?
7: I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know where we are. Right. bottom of the right page. page. Why is oh. the written law? Yes, yes, yes. Why is the written law associated with the day and the oral law with the night? We can answer that question from the term. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm sorry. Let's first read, read on top of the in the classic question: uh, Does God experience day and night? Oh. See chapter oh, nine, right there. Medrash
7: Right. This verse alludes to our our master Moshe, who was with God forty days and forty nights, and he wrote upon the tablets the words of the covenant. Does Scripture really mean to say that night also occurs in the presence of the, of the Blessed Holy One? How then did our Master know when it was day and when it was night? Mm-hmm. Our mm-hmm. verse, however, implies that Moshe knew that it was day when God instructed him in the written law, and he knew it was night when God instructed him in the oral law.
0: At first of all, we have some amazing thing. Wow. The Moses knew it's day and it's night was written law you know it's day. The oral law at night. means to say the oral law is the time when is the time to learn the written law? During the day. Think about it. We never read from the Torah at night. Only during the day.
2: Hmm.
0: The, the oral law the time to study the oral law is more, the more during the night not during the day.
1: Is that why all the classes tend to be night classes?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, see, it's written the biggest scholars it's written and, and at night and they, they, they have a better The world is quiet and they can more accomplish more at night. Then Hmm. that's what the the night is. Then the written law is in the day and the oral law is in the night.
1: So, do you, yeshivas study Talmud during the day?
0: No, no, yeah, sure, sure. I cannot wait (laughs) for the night. (laughs) (laughs) That's the business. I mean, uh, then that's that's you, that's what that's what a very interesting idea of how God uh, told them what's what's day, what's night. Let's read the note in Torah's Menachem. What does this mean? In the bottom, you, you can even speak... Why, and, yeah, why is
2: the written law associated with the day and the oral law with the night? You can answer that question from the term which our verse uses in reference to the day. Day unto day utters Yabia yeah, yeah, speech. speech yeah. The word Yabiyah is related to the term Navia flow, which is used specifically in the reference to a well. Well water does not flow in such great volume as other natural sources of water, such as a river, For example, the well water is always connected to its source in the ground. This resembles the written law of the scripture, which is smaller in volume than the oral law, but reflects more direct and connected revelation from God, like the day. A river, by contrast, is gushing with huge volumes of water like the Talmud, which is filled with exhaustive discussions of every aspect of the law. What it lacks is the same level of divine inspiration as the written law, to the extent that many of of the suggestions raised in the Talmud are ultimately refuted. To some extent we are stumbling in the dark, like in the night. Like night.
0: The day, the, the written Torah is day. It's clear, open and straight. The, the old tradition is like you are in the dark. It's a question and answer. Yes, no, maybe. That's a different in day and night. The, the day is like, like, a, like a river, like a, like a spring. It's, it's pure water, but there is not much. Where it's more connected. The, the river is a lot of water, but it's not, it's not on the same level of connection.
2: But ultimately... It ultimately it is through, through raising false assertions and refuting them that a thorough understanding is reached, night unto night reveals knowledge. And that is one of the great virtues of the oral law, which cannot be reached through the study of Scripture alone.
0: That you need to learn the old tradition. That's why uh, it's written that uh, in one place it's written that Moses was standing in the Mount si- at Mount Sinai, Bar. In one place it says Bar. I was sitting in the mountain. Was he standing? Was he sitting? You know the big fight in the shuls. You stand by the Torah reading. You sit by the Torah reading. It's coming from somewhere real, because the question is: Was was Moses standing at Mount Sinai or sitting at Mount Sinai? One place it standing he was standing. One place it's sitting. What's the answer? One of the answers is then during the day when he learned the written Torah, he was standing. At night when he was learning the, the old tradition, when he learned the Torah? It was more of the, what he was understanding than he was sitting. <coughs> That's why it used to be in the olden days, in the, in the biblical times, even when Araba rabbi is to give a speech, everybody was standing. It was not such thing as sits in the sanctuary, in a place, in a yeshiva. Everybody was standing. Then they saw that people cannot do it. They made everybody sit down. And until today, there is the argument: some people stand with the Torah, reading, the Torah reading; some people sit down. It's all based on this business of day and night, and sitting and standing. Then this is what he's talking about. Now, a nom- the next line, number four, it says there is no speech, and there is no no word without the voices, uh, without the voices being heard. It's speaking about angels, basically, or the the bodies
2: of heaven. And the line was extended. What line is that? Throughout the earth, their line was extended. Their, yeah. their line.
0: The, the stars.
2: Okay. And the edges were with their words.
0: Talks about the sun. That's your understanding, number the sun. five.
2: It's very uh, lyrical, very poetic. You're right.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. It is very poetic. Number eight. I'm sorry, we stopped him in number eight. Let's finish it. Um,
7: okay, God's Torah is perfect, restoring the soul.
0: That you understand. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
7: God's testimony is faithful enlightening the fool. God's precepts are upright, rejoicing the heart.
0: God's precepts are rejoicing the heart. That's why it's written by a Shiva, you're not allowed to learn Torah, because the Torah makes you happy. And this is the truth. When you learn Torah, it brings you bring your happiness. That's why when you're time of mourning, you're not allowed to learn Torah, regular Torah, only issues that are about concern m- a moment. Go ahead.
7: God's commandment is pristine, illuminating the eyes. All of God is pure, enduring forever. God's judgments are true. The
0: awe of God is enduring forever. When somebody has love of God only, it might not endure forever. Because when things don't go exactly the way you want, you will lose your love. But all of God, if you have all of God, commitment, that's indoors forever. That'll survive everything. Go ahead.
7: God's judgments are true. They have all been righteous. They are more precious than gold and then much fine gold, sweeter than honey, and then a dripping honeycomb. Also your servant, take care in them, in keeping them in great reward. Who can discern errors? Cleanse me of things concealed. Also from willful sins, restrain your servant. May they not rule me. Then I will be whole and I will be clean of great transgression. May the words of my mouth be acceptable to you and the meditation of my heart before you. O God, my rock and my redeemer. This, this line, <laughs> yeah.
0: he said every time before the Amida It's coming mm-hmm. from him. Yeah. Everything in the prayer will comes from him. Mm.
4: Sure it does.